Who had to clean up the elephant shit? That's all I want to know. What's up, my skeptics, doubters, and non-believers, and everybody else in between? It's Kevin. Welcome back to Jesus Unfollower, the podcast. Just hanging out in the self-quarantine, which is not much different from my normal everyday life before coronavirus. I stay hiding, you know how I do, and I don't really talk like that, so I'm not sure why I did that. But anyways, what I'm talking about today is Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark, the beautiful children's Bible story about how God drowned the entire world. It's weird because like it is made up to be this like lighthearted and beautiful thing, you know, if you see like people paint their children's bedrooms in Noah's Ark theme and you know, there's the children's stories and I've seen the YouTube videos, they try to make it all like happy and and loving. But, you know, God killed everybody on earth except for a few people. It's just a beautiful thing. Noah's Ark was the very first thing that ever got me to start doubting my faith. I was about 12 or 13 at the time. And I told this in the first episode of the podcast, my story. But one of my friends told me that there's no way Noah's Ark could possibly be true. And I just sort of tucked it away in the back of my brain and... I later continued believing, and my faith got stronger, but that was the first time I ever remembered the question of, like, could God be not real? Like, that was the first time that question ever entered my mind. When you think about the Old Testament, there are just so many stories that are completely far-fetched. Noah's Ark, Jonah and the whale, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego dancing in the fire and and not burning, uh, Moses, you know, with his the two tablets and parting the Red Sea, all the stuff, all the crazy, supernatural, unbelievable stuff that would be complete, can fit in completely with the fairy tale world to, of today, like Jack and the Beanstalk or any of those stories. You could put the Bible stories in there and it would basically fit right in and you could interchange them, you know. You could put Jack and the Beanstalk in the Bible and put Jonah in the whale as just a fairy tale and people would believe that Jack and the Beanstalk really happened, I guess. But let's dig into Noah's Ark. So in Genesis 6, God decides that mankind is just evil. They have evil thoughts and they're wicked and they need to be destroyed. A little extreme considering that you created us, but you know, anyway, he said, you know, I'm going to destroy every living thing, people, animals, the whole deal. But he had this one dude, Noah, who was the only righteous person on earth. Noah and his family. God comes to him and says, tells Noah that he's going to destroy everybody. Noah, if you can hear me, I'm going to destroy the world. I'm going to send a flood and drown every motherfucker. I don't know why my God voice is James Earl Jones, but anyway, yeah, God is Mufasa. So he tells Noah that he's going to 
kill everybody and he, unless Noah, you know, convinces them to change. So Noah goes to everybody and tells them the story. And of course they laugh because what the fuck? Yeah. Always oh, going to send a flood. It's going to rain forever, never stop. And it's going to drown us all. Sure, buddy, whatever you say. So Noah starts building this boat per God to save him and his family and anybody who is going to listen to Noah. And also two of every animal. Now the Bible says that Noah's ark was going to be 300 cubits long. 300 cubits translates roughly to about 500 feet. Maybe a little over 500 feet. Titanic was 800 feet long. So this thing is two-thirds the size of Titanic and it's supposed to fit two of every animal on the planet. Unless Noah is Rick Moranis and has the, the shrink ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I just don't see how this is going to work. And I've heard people say, you know, because I'll ask, like, how the fuck did all these animals get on the boat and who cleaned up the shit? You have hundreds or thousands of animals or however many they're supposed to be at the time packing them on this boat and they're how they're how are you going to clean that shit up i've heard some people say that well the animals were put into like a hibernation state so they didn't have to really worry about that but the bible is pretty clear that noah was to bring food for all the animals so how are they going to eat if they're sleeping yo not going to happen what did they what did they eat what did the, the carnivores eat the other animals on board or did they feed them all kale? How are we supposed to believe this stuff? You know, and also Noah was 600 years old when he built the ark. So this old motherfucker who's older than anybody who's lived in the, our current era just uh, puts together this massive boat. So the Bible says that all the animals come to the ark and get on there. Here's what I want to know. How'd the damn penguins get there? How did the polar bears get there? What about the kangaroos? Did they hop all the way from Australia? So I've seen on Bible websites and I've heard people say, well, you know, all the continents were one at that time. There, were, there weren't seven continents that were separated by ocean. It was all one land mass. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll grant you that. If, even if that's the case, though, how the hell did they get back home afterward? How did they end up where they are now, right? So if the flood came, flooded the earth, and when the flood settled, is that when there were supposed to be new continents, or did that come later? Was there ever an asteroid? Where were the dinosaurs? But the big question is, how did the penguins get to the South Pole after the flood? I'll grant you that they were able to get on the boat with no issue beforehand, but how did they get home? How did the kangaroos get home? That's a big question for me. And what about salt water and freshwater mixing? If supposedly the the it was a global flood, the whole earth flooded. How did we get salt water and freshwater? How did the animals survive? You know, your freshwater fish, how did they make it in, in mixed water? What's the answer to that? Nobody's ever really given a good answer to that. So the flood comes, kills everybody except Noah and his family and all the animals on board. And when the flooding is done, Noah sends out a raven to see if it can find dry land. It comes back empty-handed or empty-beaked. 
with nothing. So I guess uh, it was just worthless. <laughs> so he sent out a dove the next time. Sent out a dove a couple times. It comes back with an olive branch. Then he sends it out again and it doesn't come back. And he thinks, all right, it's time to park this bitch. So he sets the, uh, sets the ark down. And then I want to read something from Genesis 8.20 here. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. There's just a few things here. First, what a fucking weirdo. He smelled the pleasing aroma of burnt flesh. Mmm, that's what daddy likes. So, and then he says, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. Come on, dude. Really? You're born, you're a kid, and you're, the intentions of your heart are evil? What the fuck? You made us, bro. You made us. And because one person made a mistake, the first person you ever created, or second, technically, fucked up. You know, the rest of us are just evil from birth. What a dick. So then, um, in nine, Genesis 9, 14, he says, Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. I just think that's so fucking hilarious that he's like, I'm going to kill him again. And then he sees a rainbow and he's like, oh, yes, I remember now. I made that covenant with Noah that I'm not supposed to murder everybody again. I forgot about the damn rainbow. I'm glad I saw it. It reminded me not to murder everybody. Just think it's silly. And the, the cherry on top for me is that the LGBTQ plus community now, that's their symbol is the rainbow. And you know it just pisses Christians off. And I love that. So when I was doing a little bit of research for this topic, I was looking at various Christian websites that are talking about Noah's Ark, and I found some funny shit, like one of them says, you know, some polar bears actually enjoy warm temperatures, and they can survive in either warm or cold. So they're like trying to justify how the fucking polar bears walked thousands of miles to the Ark. And they said, this is intelligent design on God's part. <laughs> Today, kangaroos only live in Australia, but prior to the flood, Kangaroos and other animals most likely live near Noah's home. Near Noah's home? Near it. You mean thousands of miles away. That's quote-unquote near just because there's not fucking water in between, I guess. Just crazy shit. Crazy shit that people convince themselves of when they want to believe something. That's all it is. So, but yeah, I understand if you believe like an all power, in an all-powerful God... You think that he could miraculously make all this stuff happen. But those the same people who believe in Noah's Ark that this legitimately happened are the same people who say that evolution is crazy. That evolution is far-fetched. That something can't come from nothing, man. But you believe that all animals got on a goddamn boat together. Double standard, bro. Double standard. For today's shitty Bible verse, I'm going to go with Matthew 24, 38 through 39. And here's why I'm reading this one, because some people say that Noah's Ark is supposed to be a metaphor and not taken literally. But in Matthew 24, 38 through 39, it's quite obvious that it's not supposed to be just a metaphor, that every Christian is supposed to believe that this literally happened. 
So this is Jesus speaking in Matthew 24, 38. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And then they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. There you have it. It's basically Jesus reiterating that the flood really happened and also threatening the rest of us that that's how it's going to be when he comes back. As always, thank you so much for listening and hit me up on social media at Jesus Unfollower. I'd love to chat with you over there. Until next time, let logic and reason guide the way. See ya.